We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you keep pressing forward, uh, you keep moving forward, there's somebody that, around the corner that wants to help. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of Our Stories, a podcast on women's sports in Kansas City presented by our friends at Holiday Distillery. Uh, I'm Arlia Campbell. Super excited you're here and super excited our guest is here. You're in for a real treat today. This is uh, Denver head women's basketball coach Dosha Woods. Uh, coach Woods has a strong connection to Kansas, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But first, Coach, how is preseason going? Or do you have players on campus and everything yet? You know, we are on the quarter system. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm definitely excited that uh, we get to kind of connect again. Um, we have our players back on campus. We split our eight weeks, so we're in the quarter system. Um, so this is kind of our preseason, and it's been nice. It's been We have seven new faces, so it's been nice to um, kind of introduce them to college basketball, considering five of them are freshmen. So um, you play college basketball. You know how that can be with five freshmen, um, yeah. but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I actually came in with five freshmen myself, so we were the, um, it's an adjustment for sure, going from, that's an understatement, from the high school level to the college level, but, um, so uh, let's just get a little bit of background to start off. How long have you been at Denver now? Um, I'm getting ready to start my third season. Third um, season. Which is, yes, which is nice. My first year was in COVID, um, so a lot of lessons that I always say that we learn then, um, but this will be my third year. Yeah, and uh, I'm so bummed because we played Denver in our non-conference slate every year at the University of Wyoming, so we missed each other by, like, I graduated 2018, so that must have been one season, maybe two? Oh, yeah, just just a couple seasons, and, and we're at Wyoming this year, and we actually have um, one of our assistants now played at Wyoming. Um, one of my teammates. Yeah, yeah, so and yeah. we have a kid from Wyoming, so it's all these kind of, like, Wyoming connections. But the basketball yes. world is so small, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I was so excited when I saw that you hired Markel. She was, I think, two years older than me in Wyoming. So, um, But this is your first head coaching gig. Is that right? Yes. First one, I spent 19 years as an assistant, um, most of that time at Tulane uh, University for 10 years, but I spent two years at the University of Missouri, uh, three years at Oregon State, New Mexico State for a year, and then I started my career at Western Illinois, where I also played as well. So. Yeah, awesome. it's been, this is my 22nd year overall, which is kind of crazy because wow. 
my coach would always say, I've been coaching longer than you've been alive. And I'm like, I can use that now. I can actually <laughs> use her phrase. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it all this all started in none other than Topeka, Kansas. Yes. Um, yeah, tell me yes. about growing up in, in Topeka. I know it's a place you're really proud to be from. I am. I, and you know me, I like to specify East Topeka. East Topeka. Um, yep. I am born and raised in Topeka. I think it, it it's definitely one of those places that um, molded me or I'd like to say East Topeka, born, raised, and made. Um, love it. I I loved I loved the person that it forced me to be, if you will. Um, I think growing up in Kansas, you know, I'm a choice but to really be around basketball um, if you have a half a sport in you. So I'm definitely proud, um, proud East Topekan, and then a proud Topeka High grad for sure, to the point where it's almost disrespectful to the other high schools that are there, but um, to be high, I feel like we just kind of stand alone, literally, um, in the middle of the city. So, yes, proud of Kansan, uh, East Topeka specifically. Yeah, and if you haven't been to Topeka High, it looks like a cathedral. I spent four years covering sports in Topeka, and oh. it's it looks like a like a church. It's beautiful. I mean, yes. I've never seen a high school like it. Fun um, fact is the first million dollar high school built on the west side of Mississippi. I didn't know that. Yes, that's a okay. fun fact. Other go. than, of course, Dean Smith. Going there is probably our other fun fact, but Dean Smith yeah. is a big high grad. So I did know that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, good. and Doja Woods. Um, so oh, yes. <laughs> superstars. Yes. And- uh, um, so tell me how you fell in love with basketball in, in Topeka. Um, and I know there was one woman in particular that helped you kind of guide you on that journey. You know, I it started, I didn't start playing organized basketball until like seventh grade. And I, I say I give a lot of credit to my eighth grade basketball coach, I think she was the first one to really see that basketball talent. Um, I grew up in a single home, so um, it was three of us and a single parent home, and my mom didn't work at the time. So anything extra, you had to figure out how you're going to make it happen from um, whether that meant a ride somewhere, any type of fees. And she was the first one to really just kind of take me under her wing, um, kind of encouraging me to stay out of trouble prior to like seventh grade and before I was I was that person in class that couldn't decide if I really wanted to be there or not. Um, So I would say seventh grade, I think now it's different, but she coached eighth grade team and really started to introduce me to um, life on the other side of Topeka. Honestly, growing up, I didn't get past Topeka High or um, the east side very much. And so I remember there was a league on the other side of town that she would pick me up, take me to. So I'd like to give my um, eighth grade basketball coach just a lot of credit for um, instilling in me that there there is more to life than 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 ha- how I was raised at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for people who aren't from the area, can you kind of explain? Um, I guess what East Topeka is like, what it's like growing up there. You know, I, East Topeka is is I think traditionally that side of town that um, a lot of us are low income, um, either single parent homes, often had free lunch. I think for myself in particular. Um, as I mentioned, my mom didn't have a job, so uh, we relied a lot on on government assistance, whether it was like welfare, food stamps. Um, the Salvation Army happened to be a few blocks away, so that's often where we got a lot of I, either our meals or our clothes. So it's one of those that you're you're struggling to make ends meet. Um, and if you're fortunate to have two parents in the, in the household, it, it definitely gave you an advantage. Um, but it, it's typically that like low income um, poverty side of town. Yeah. So how did you get, I guess, so you started playing basketball in seventh grade. When did you start like really focusing on it and realizing I'm pretty good at this? You know, I could see a future in this. 
Yeah, I say once I got in high school, I started to kind of fall in love with the game. And this is a funny story. I, I've always been a good athlete. Um, you know, when there's like field days, things like that, it was usually like me, my brother, my sister, our names are always kind of at the top. So when I started playing basketball, basketball is tricky because it doesn't really, it doesn't care if you're fast, if you can't shoot, if you can't dribble, if you can't, you know, do all the like skill set that comes with it. So um, I would say, though, my freshman year, I remember thinking, I'm better than everybody. Now, mind you, I've only been playing like two years at this point. But I remember thinking, I'm better than everybody, and I really should be moved up. And I wasn't. I had to play freshman team like the first half. And I was like, I'm better than her. I'm better than her. And it was probably a hard lesson. Coach Ron Ball was the head coach then of RC at the time. And she was like, you got an attitude. And I remember two of my classmates who were freshmen got moved up. And so my sophomore year, there was like one starting spot open. And I, and I think that really started to uh, channel me then. I, I think growing up around basketball, um, I was a ball girl for Washburn um, and Topeka. And to really have a chance to spend um, probably an extensive amount of time, ungodly now that I think about it since I coach for a living, how much I was around <laughs> that team. I'm like, geez, they let me everywhere. Pre-game, shoot around. I'm in the locker room. Uh, but I think really being around them gave me a chance to see that uh, you could compete in college and that it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to, to you know, take things personally in a sense when you feel like you've worked hard. So um, I always give the Lady Blues credit because being around that team really inspired me to want to play at the next level. And then I, obviously some high school coaches that humbled me early um, that, <laughs> that kept that fire going. Yeah, I love that. That was a uh, Mid-America Nazarene in Kansas City was kind of that for me where I thought I went to camps and stuff growing up and I was like, these are the coolest people in the universe. Yes. I, I want to yes. play someday. And it, yeah, it's, it's cool how much that can influence you. Yeah. And uh, Patty it's Dick was the coach at the time at Washburn, right? Yes, Coach Dick yeah. was the coach. And we, you know, uh, because of social media, we stay in contact. And it's so funny because every time I'm just like, you let me around all the time. I'm supposed to be filming the games, the cameras on one end, the actions on the other end, <laughs> like coaching for so long. It was clearly she was just doing it to be nice and to help me stay out of trouble and, and to inspire me. But the the amount of um, time that she let me around the team in, in ways that like you might be hesitant now to let someone, I'm on the bus with them. You know, it's not a short drive from like, Hayes to Topeka and I'm on the bus. I'm like, I was on the bus. Like, why was I on the bus? Um, but yeah, that, that, that team and, and a lot of them because of social media, we're still in contact and um, any chance I get, I'm, I'm, I'm often thinking them because I'm like, y'all had to put up with me thinking I was on the team and I'm like <laughs> an eighth grader, a ninth grader. Yeah, I'm sure they love that, though, you know, being able to see you were probably just so excited to be around and stuff. I mean, that's so refreshing to see someone who loves the game that much and like that purely uh, when you're playing in college. And uh, man, Patty Dick was there from the beginning, too. If, if you're listening to this and you yeah. ever get a chance to read about her background, she was in the fight in, you know, the late 60s yes. and early 70s. So a great role model to have. Absolutely. You said earlier just how connected things can be just in the basketball world. So then once I got to high school, both both of my head coaches um, in basketball, Coach Rombaugh and Coach Soldina played for her at Washburn. Oh. So it's like this, you know, small like kind of connection where um, it's like this whole domino effect. And you can kind of see some of the passion watching their games and then I go play my own games. I'm like, okay, some of this is starting to make sense because it's a lot of the same language, it's a lot of the same things, but yeah, Coach Dick was great with the amount of um, 
time and ways that she let me be around the program. And I think she knew um, a, a lot about the, you know, my background, where I came from. So um, clearly if I'm with them, I can't get in trouble at other places. Um, so I think it was kind of twofold. And then Coach Dick actually ran um, NYSP back when the NCAA used to have a national youth sports program, which was for low-income kids. And for ours, it was held on campus at Washburn. So I was a camper for a couple of years and then all four years in college, that's how I spent my summers. I'd come back and work the camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool how, you know, one person just really investing in you can investing in you can just help you to flourish and bloom in ways you you wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and now you are that person to so many young women as a head coach at Denver. And one of the programs I am so inspired that you do is the Life You program. Uh, totally off the court. Can you kind of talk about what uh, what that program is and, and how your team gets involved? Yes, it's our um, Life 4.0 program. And, you know, I think being a former student athlete myself, it was like, you have all of these perks, if you will. Um, but then sometimes, I don't know who's ever really ready for the real world, real world until it's time to be in it, right? Like I mean, none of yeah. us are. <laughs> no. um, but when I got the position here in 2020, um, you know, it was uh, some social justice uh, George Floyd, it just happened. Um, mental health is definitely becoming less of a stigma. So I was trying to think of ways that I can kind of keep these conversations going when they come up and it not be awkward. Um, so it really started around, uh, you know, social justice and mental health and just wanted to provide this platform for our players to talk about um, things that were bothering them. I think as much as we want, you know, uh, we're fortunate that we are fully funded. Our, all of our players are on full scholarship, but, you know, life happens too. And there's times that, you know, basketball isn't the most important thing for you in that moment or in that day. So it, the, the program is important that, you know, we just provide this space for them to talk about it. Um, you know, the one that they actually called um, themselves was when Roe v. Wade happened and um, somebody put in a group chat and they know how important um, these type of conversations are um, for me. And I think what I loved about that one, not because it was the most recent, but was just how it was facilitated. Like it was something they talked about that they wanted to talk about together. They all respected that they had different views on it. Um, and it was probably one of our more um, engaging conversations. So I think as long as I have this platform, trying to find ways that we can bring um, just life to them, um, whether that's speakers or just an opportunity to, to kind of talk and there's no right or wrong, as long as everybody's respectful. Um, and, and I like this year that we'll, we'll all evolve it now that we're not in COVID, we can do a lot more in person. Um, but as I mentioned to you, I think one other time before, the program is so important that uh, we get 20 hours a week for practice time and I'll use 45 minutes of that um, and more if necessary to to have these conversations, especially now that, you know, we're, we've got a few that have been in the program who are comfortable leading them, um, comfortable bringing different topics. Uh, we'll, we'll always make time to talk about it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Thursday night is almost here. Want more action for opening night kickoff? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point in the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. Now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, that's... Gosh, that's incredible. Uh, we did nothing like that when I was in college. And I think I would have benefited from that a ton. Um, and, and uh, you know, people who aren't in athletics necessarily, when you go to play in college, and I think specifically Division One, you know, you have people from not just around the country, but, you know, for us, it was around the world. And you're in this one place for a lot of us far from home. And these people become your second family. So being able to have this um, community that spans outside of basketball is just so important. Um, and I think, it, as you know, being an athlete, too, you spend so much time together. And I say this to the team all the time. You know, it's a lot of diversity, a lot of different ways, not just in how we look, but how we were raised. And I, I think it's always a, a great time for them to realize that either we have more in common than what we thought or, um, you know, I didn't realize you went through that. And so it's it's always been good. And, and unless you are in these situations that have conversations, a lot of us are just guessing, you know, guessing what you're going through or guessing how you're feeling. And I think what really happens too is you start to realize, oh, I'm not the only one struggling with this or struggling with that. You know, you mentioned being far from home. I think we have a kid from Colorado and one from Wyoming that are only two local kids. Um, we have a couple international kids as well. So kind of the same thing that we're all kind of growing up together, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And such important years from, you know, 18 to 22 and you're trying to figure life out and you have the pressure of division one basketball. And, yes. and so what does, uh, what do the formats of these classes, lessons, conversations kind of look like? You know, they can take place a lot of different places. Um, we, we have kind of like a lounge area in our locker room. 
Um, so that's where some of them were, it's going to be maybe a more intimate conversation. Um, that's where our latest one will take place. But I tell you, getting the position um, in COVID, we actually didn't have access to our locker room um, unless it was a game day. So a lot of this started on the court. We would just, you know, we always meet at half court. And um, I remember it was probably in the spring of maybe 2021 where maybe the verdict came down. And that's when we had a heartfelt conversation then about people's feelings and emotions. So really um, this year, probably more so the locker room. Um, we have one scheduled at the end of the month for financial um, planning and things like that. Again, life after basketball. Um, and that will probably take place in the locker room as well. And it's separate, right? It's a locker space. And then it's like a lounge kind of hangout space to create that separation. Um, and Zoom, you know, we, we've done a few via Zoom, especially if someone wants to um, bring a particular topic, um, and that's the easiest way to get access to them. So I still think there's a use for Zoom um, after we're getting out of COVID, and, and that's that's another way that we'll use it. Yeah, man, the financial one would have been nice as well when I was in college, because again, in athletics, like we had all of our medical stuff was handled through, you know, athletics, even if it was like strep throat or something. So um, yeah, it's a big learning curve. But um, yeah, so you've been doing life comes at you fast. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. Um, <laughs> so you've been you've been doing this for about two years now. Um, yeah, I guess, how have you seen how have you seen them develop over the past two years, uh, in terms of, you know, player buy in and and how those conversations have kind of gone? I think I think just what you mentioned, um, you know, the, the first year it was, everyone was like, is this real? Like, are we really doing this instead of practice? We're going to start practice or in practice this way. Um, now that we're you're getting ready to start year three, it's different. You're having, you know, as I mentioned, five freshmen that you kind of recruited with this idea that we provide this platform. Um, but the upperclassmen that have been around, you know, they were one of the ones that kind of spearheaded the road versus Wade conversation. And I think to see them and to watch them find their voice um, to be OK with. Um, I know I'm not the only one. Uh, it, as I tell them all the time, I know you guys have a separate chat from the rest of us. Um, so to watch them kind of articulate who's going to be the one to come and ask coach this, who's going to be the one to ask if we can talk about this. Um, there's even times where. If they're on social media, they're comfortable texting now, like, hey, I saw this. Do you think we can talk about it sometime or do you think we can learn about it sometime? Um, so I think for that part um, and really for them thinking about, as I keep saying, life after basketball, that you're spoiled in a way when you're a student athlete, especially at this level, because so much is provided for you, so much is done for you. And we're trying to just lessen that shock of just, again, life comes at you fast, whether it's a medical bill or whether it's rent or whether it's just a simple bill, you know, for some of them, it might be their phone bill because their parents are still paying. Um, so I think where I've seen the program evolve most is just our players finding their voice and comfortable enough to bring different topics that that are now important to, the, to them, right? Initially, it was things that I thought was important, things that, you know, I, I think they may want to talk about. And now to see them bring topics to me is where I've seen the most growth. Yeah, yeah. Um... You talk about the freshmen. Is this something you bring up um, in the recruiting process too, just to kind of, I guess, set the expectation of, you know, this is some, a key part of our program? Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, we, we tell um, them, their parents, we kind of give them examples. Um, we might have a picture up from before. Um, it's something that we talk in, and it's it's easier with them in a sense, so then they can already have their mind thinking about, oh, when I get to college, I want to learn this. Uh, we even created this year, um, 
you know, kind of map, map your path and we'll start implementing our mentor program, which because of COVID, we had some restrictions before, um, but that's just another way to kind of connect them with um, women in the community, um, people in the community professionally, uh, either things that they might be interested in or just another connection that will kind of just do it like a mentor madness type of way. So I, I think we're trying to constantly in our minds prepare them for, you know, that walking across the stage and at least having some type of network after that. Um, it takes time. But with the freshmen, I felt like it's been a lot easier um, because parents definitely want to hear that, right? It's like basketball is important, but it's not um, for, for a lot of us or for a lot of them, I should say, it's not going to be much basketball after this time, after their time here. So trying to maximize it and making the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that transition, at least for me, was I mean, it's you, it's so structured in college and, you know, you go to team dinner and you have class at a certain time and you have weights and rehab and, you know, all these different things. Um, and then it's gone. Like you wake up one morning and all of that is gone. Uh, so the fact that you're preparing them. Like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. This is great. Until you're sleeping in every day and you're like, I should probably go work out. But no one's yelling at me to do that anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, that program is incredible. And I, I hope it catches fire and, and more coaches pick it up because it's just so valuable. Um, yeah, I think you're an inspiration you. in, in so many ways. Um, and, and one of them, I love that you're from Topeka because I know there are kids in Topeka that are like, man, if I, you know, stick to the process and believe in myself and really buy in, I can be Dosha Woods. You know, I can uh, I can make it to the highest level of Division One basketball. But also for me, so I play Division One basketball but I played basketball for 15 years and I never had a woman head coach, uh, club, oh, wow. high school, college. Um, and like that said, I had a ton of incredible coaches that I'm really, really thankful for. But, um, you know, I, I talk about this nine at 50 series that I think I've talked a little bit on the podcast about, and you and I did an interview for it last year, but, um, uh, for the co course of a year, I'd interview a different woman every single week. And at the end of them, I would ask, what is one area you think women's sports still needs to grow in? And the answer I got nine out of 10 times was we need more women in leadership positions uh, and we need more women making decisions uh, in the college athletics space. So, so it's really cool to see you, you know, in that position and as a role model for your team and, and for people across the country. Well, thank you. It's one of those, um, as I said, when I got the position that, um, you know, it, the numbers are getting better, if you will, definitely, having a, a female coach is different. Uh, we, we've heard that in recruiting often too. Um, there's been players that we recruited that are similar to yourself that, you know, hadn't hadn't played for a woman. So they're trying to process what that's going to be like. I'm like, you know, basketball is basketball. And then obviously yeah. in my case, you add being a black woman on top of that. And it's like all these different, different layers. Again, I think college is that last step before adulthood, right? That last step before you really get out and, you know, we're in a position where we have a chance to kind of introduce you, whether it's a, a female coach or whether it's just a kind of the dynamics of the team and the staff. So it's one, and it's a position that I'm, I'm very um, proud of and, and prideful of, but one that I know that like uh, requires uh, work daily and there's still a lot of work to be done behind that because uh, it's always easy to aspire what you can to aspire to be what you can see, right? If you can, yeah. and people say the old cliche like repre representation matters, um, whether you are female, a black female, however you identify, I feel like those things are important. Yeah, gosh, yeah, and and this makes me think of uh, you have a pretty cool story with uh, Don Staley, right? 
Oh, yes, yes. And people don't believe me. It's funny that you said that, people, because he was like, where do you keep your net? And yeah. it, I literally keep it on my desk. Like, oh, no way. We're looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally keep it on my desk next to my, um, this is my little dosha. Yeah, that's, oh, that's oh my gosh, I've never it. seen that. That's so cute. Yeah, that's just literally on my desk right now. Yeah. yeah, last year, it is funny because they obviously won this past year. And so when she made the big announcement that she would give um, all the black female head coaches at the division one level, a piece of the net from 2017, the first time they won. And I texted my friend who's actually a black female head coach in our same conference. And I text Carrie and I said, this is clearly means that she's going to win another one because you're not just going to give away something like prize possession. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, um, we're going to have plenty we, more of these. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, here you guys go. But, you know, it's been such an inspiration, I think, between um, the net and obviously uh, University of Denver is very different than South Carolina. Um, but it inspires me to, to be great where I am. Uh, we talk with our team often about a championship mindset. And it's not just obviously cutting down the net. Um, but it's championship mindset and all that you do on the court, off the court, in the classroom. And everybody has an ability to be a champion. And what does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Um, and so it, it's been a motivation piece. The team comes in and out um, of the office often. Another fun fact, um, our hockey team won. So I have a puck from them. Yeah. And we share a suite with our hockey coaches. But, you know, once you get that far in the tournament, you're getting charter flights and things like that. And um hockey and us have the same sport administrator and so the plane the private plane that they took out to boston was the same plane that south carolina had this year so this is like going to the frozen four and i was like crazy well the last time du won in hockey was 2017 is when south carolina won so crazy crazy how everything can be tied together full circle yeah yes yeah yes. that's awesome uh you talk about the championship mentality so what um I guess, how do you approach that at DU uh, as a coach on and off the court? We've talked about this a little bit, but I'm wondering, I guess, your your main goal is taking over this program and now in year three, what you're trying to accomplish and, and what what you would do to where you could walk away and say, hey, that was successful. I did what I wanted to do there. Yeah, I think at first it can be easy to kind of the, the easy answer is wins and losses, right? It, you know, what I love about basketball, I, our soccer team played and it ended in a tie. I'm like, how do you guys do all that running? And like, <laughs> there's not a winner and loser. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, it, but the easy answer is, right, that the wins and losses. But uh, going into year three, you know, we, we've changed the core values of our program and to make progress, right, to make progress where the P is. Um, having a purpose, being resilient, um, taking ownership, having gratitude, respect, energy, sacrifice, and support for each other. So I think the championship mindset, if we're able to make progress in those areas, um, obviously it's a, it can be a roller coaster sometimes. Um, our, our staff mission statement is we want our players to leave empowered to walk in the best version of themselves, um, obviously earning a degree, and the wins and losses will take care of itself. So our championship mindset if um, you can make good choices, which is our only team role and all that we do, um, make good choices and to think whatever situation you're in, uh, is this one that you can be proud of? If this is one that you can tell your parents about? Um, is this is one that you want to brag about? And if you can't answer those things, then you probably shouldn't be in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I love your story for so many reasons. And, and one of the themes that I think is just so beautiful is that you had women pouring into you in Topeka. Um, you know, and, and now you're doing the same thing for all the women who come through your program. So I guess if you could look back and talk to young Dosha living in East Topeka, what would you tell her right now? 
Oh, that's crazy. Um, I don't know. I think uh, things definitely get better. Um, you know, I think um, one of my favorite quotes that um, a coach would say to me all, often was people will help those that want to help themselves. And so I would remind her that, um, you know, hard work always pays off. It's just if you have the patience to keep doing it, right? Do I want to work so hard and your breakthroughs coming? And that's when most people want to, you know, stop or quit. So I, the, the cliche hard work pays off. But then I think the, the other part, especially for my younger self, is um, to stay curious about the world. Um, like I said, we didn't really get off the east side of Topeka very much. And so I didn't realize till I was in eighth grade um, that there was more than one high school in Topeka. My mom actually went to Holland Park. And so I didn't even know Topeka High was a thing until they came and said, these are the different schools you can go to. Um, but I, I was always a curious kid. So I would encourage my younger self to stay curious um, and to stay motivated. I was always, if you ask any teacher probably passionate about the craziest things, field day, like who gets passionate about field day, but I wanted to compete. Passionate about the Book It program. Um, you know, I have an undergrad degree in English and a lot of that was because we didn't have food growing up. And I remember the Book It program. And so if I read a book, you got a pick, you got a free pizza. So that's how my love of reading and writing came because yeah. I knew it would always feed me. Um, so I, stay curious and stay motivated. Um, and do what you can to help yourself because there's so many people that want to help you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Um, you know, and, and one question I like to ask ending this podcast every time is uh, the story is, or this podcast is called Our Stories. So for people listening to this, what is the biggest takeaway you hope people have from your story? Uh, though you may not have been born with a silver spoon, though you may not have been in the most ideal situation, I think now there's so many people that uh, want to reach back and pick you up. I want to reach back and inspire you that um, if you keep pressing forward, uh, you keep moving forward, there's somebody that around the corner that wants to help. Uh, and don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that that that's probably one thing people will tell you is, um, I, I just told this quote to the team last week that um, being lazy is disrespectful to those people that believed in you. And that's literally how I live my life every day that um, I want people to know part of my story is hard work. Every day I work hard is a thank you to those who believe in me. Hmm. Yeah, gosh, beautiful. Uh, Coach, thank you so much. Again, you're such an inspiration to me and I love the way you run your program. And uh, good luck this season. And I wish your team thank good you. luck in preseason because I remember this time yes. of year very well. And it's, uh, yes. <laughs> it's a grind. <laughs> yeah, it's not the fun time. It's not the fun time. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to have to run. We can't be at 5280 and walk the ball up the court. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah, once yeah. We, yeah well, you know about the altitude. So oh, no, yeah. I appreciate you having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon.